Hello, and welcome back to a pretty delayed episode of Caring Too Much. Um, we went on a bit of a break over the holiday uh, winter season, and this episode got delayed. Um, we apologize for anyone who was waiting for it, but we'll be getting back into it starting next week. So enjoy this episode. Okay, so Alex, we ready to tackle this topic this week? <laughs> oh, are we ever? I think we have been waiting to tackle this topic for quite some time. Well, and I mean, it, it's pretty much come up in most of our, our uh, episodes already, but to get the obvious you know, things out of the way, um, Alex and I did both run uh, to be running the students union, I mean, this year. After um, uh, a year spent sitting on the board. Um, true. I, I mean, some of us spent a year on the board, not all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, some of us spent eight months on the board. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I was only four months because they didn't let me on over the summer. Remember? Anyway, the point, the, the reason I bring that up is because we're not going to be talking specifically about the election that we ran in because, I mean, that could be... If we ever do a series on election reform, then we can talk about the election that we ran in. Um, but no, we're going to be talking, you know, this we like we said, this is our mini series on education. So we're going to be focusing mainly on the ways that a students union or students who are part of a students union that isn't doing too much, perhaps, um, can get involved and find ways to um, get things that they want get things that they want to see to actually get those things that's what we're going to be talking about today so this is if you are here for us to rant and complain about the election send us a dm we'd be happy to in private but that's not what we're doing today <laughs> <laughs> so alex do you want to um we should we can start off by just uh explaining maybe what a student's union does perhaps because if anyone's listening from another university, you might be thinking, I know what a student's union does. But if you are listening from X university, you probably don't know what a student's union does because ours hasn't done it for a while. I, uh, I, I would be very happy. You know, I, I love talking about what students' unions should be doing. Um, and in fact, I, I suspect from what I've heard that the X university students' union is not the only one not uh, doing its job. So... If, if you if you hear anything in this that your students union is is also not doing now you know um fundamentally students unions it's in the name they are unions um and the the most basic job of any union is to use the collective power of of its members to advocate for better conditions uh whether it be in in their employment or in the case of students union in their um, education situation. So mm -hmm. a student's union um, is, is, is set up with the university taking the role of, you know, what the employer would be to a, a labor union. Um, your, your student's union is supposed to be basically your representative uh, in collective discussions with the university. It is supposed to, um, Rep represent you in ways like 
you know, keeping your tuition low, making sure that there are courses that are irrelevant to you, the students are being treated well, um, that there are, I mean, student unions also take on a bunch of campus life responsibilities most of the time. So um, running events, sometimes Frosh Week, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, certain student union I could, I could name has- Concerts, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> nothing's, nothing's ever gone wrong when a student's union has run a concert, right? That's, nothing's coming to my mind, at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't, uh, can't, can't think of anything. But... And, and I think that's, that, like, what you're just talking about right there is, I think that second part that you were talking about is, like, the campus life, which would be, like, social events or, like, career like a career fair or like a you know whatever those kinds of things that's what a lot of people think at our university that that's what a student's union is supposed to be um and all of that first stuff that you talked about is completely like people don't even know that that's something that should be done yeah i mean because um, you come from high school where you have a student council that is basically responsible for running some events um you show up at university and suddenly you are electing students to do things and they run events uh and and yeah if you aren't like into union politics then there, there's no real way to know that your student's union is supposed to be doing way more than that if they are trying hard to to conceal that from you. Well, and I, and I, yeah, exactly. I think that's the the main problem that we're facing is that students don't know that there's a better alternative because right now, what a lot of the campaigns when people are running for our students union, it's like people are like, oh, which events are they campaigning on that I'm going to like, like campaign like homecoming was originally a thing that RSU teams like campaigned on. And that's why we kind of have a bigger homecoming now. And so like, that's all that people kind of look for when they're like, Oh, who should I vote for or whatever. And it doesn't really like, it's not interesting to campaign on the actual useful things as I think we learned, like it's, it's, it's certainly harder to like, cause you have to not only say like look we have this plan that's better than the other people's plan but you also have to explain like why, why... do we have this plan in the first place yeah yeah like we're the like we were the only team running that had plans to lobby the university for things and whatever and it was like that's not exciting in a campaign as at least not as to some people it's not as exciting um yeah. and it's yeah it, it's just like fundamentally <laughs> Oh, bless you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, no, you, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just saying, I think you hit on uh, a really good point to just saying, like, that's not what students are looking for. That's not what they know to look for. They they know there's going to be events. Um, so that's what they're keeping an eye out for. And it's hard to turn their attention to something else when they already have, have this idea. So yeah, so that I think is kind of what we want to accomplished for anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, we're going to talk about, I mean, some of them you might be like, you are just talking about your campaign because some of them are things that happen to be in our campaign, but they're actually just things that like a student's union is supposed to do by definition. I mean, obviously you can argue that it does whatever it wants to do, which is true, 
you know, whoever gets elected <laughs> decide what's, decides what happens. But if we're talking about traditionally and looking in the past, what most students unions do, and also looking when you look at the grand scheme of what student unions do, the things that actually end up making a difference, like whether a career fair or whether a, you know, social, like a pub night gets held or not, isn't changing the course of your life, but whether a student's union successfully reduces tuition fees or not, that is changing. That's actually changing things, you know? So that's what we're going to be focusing on. How can the student's union actually change things and make things better for students? yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like the other thing is when you run an event, how many people can attend? certainly not all the students that are part of the students union that especially are especially like, at a commuter school uh there's a lot of exactly. obstacles with you know, if people are coming to campus for their classes and then leaving um and especially going forward if if things stay partially online then your event is not going to be accessible to all students and it's going to disproportionately impact the the people who are already living on campus yeah and, and it's like if you run a campaign that successfully ends up changing how classes are run or tuition fees or, or whatever, whatever it might be, you've impacted everyone on campus. Whereas running an event, even the best event in the world that actually helps everyone who comes to it, like let's like, it's, you just can't host a 40,000 person event. Like the, you need the sky dome, like the ACC, what's it mm-hmm. called now? Scotiabank. I don't know which one's which. They've all changed names and I don't care to learn their new brand names. So I'm going to call it the Sky Dome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like it's just like objectively like you're reaching more people if you obviously if you do it well, because obviously a failed protest accomplishes nothing, you know, or very little. But anyway, so we're going to we're going to dive into it. Some of the education issues that we've brought up over the last two episodes um, and we'll talk about how student unions elsewhere have played a role in doing some of those things and how we could change ours to be a little more productive and actually working for students. So I think our first sort of topics in, in our first part one of this mini series were about how like our classrooms aren't really working in a way that benefits students like we talked about uh, how the online learning there was not a huge like switch of like let's figure out how to make this the most accessible for people and even before that we were Mm -hmm. lectures couldn't be recorded and tests are assigned as like uh here memorize this crap and shoot it back at me not have you actually learned so all of those things and in in a not um unrelated coincidence um, our ex-university students union did not take any kind of action as the pandemic situation was, was occurring to advocate for students in the switch to online learning. There was no um, pressure to, you know, do more open book tests or to not use lockdown browsers because of the privacy concerns or, or any of the the various things that were in students interests there was no um action on that front and if there if there had been we might have seen a i mean i don't know how much different online learning could realistically have gotten with that quick of a switch but we we could have definitely seen um noticeable changes well and so i mean just really quickly to address that thing like 
I, I've talked about it before, I think in this mini series and in other episodes, me and my peer who was on the board of governors while we were going through this online learning switch, we, you know, did a research study, spent like the whole year, like collecting research on how online learning was impacting students. And just the two of us working on this with, cause like board of governors doesn't really have anything to do with academics. So really like with no power over that topic that we were trying to change, um, we were able to get like meetings. We were meeting regularly with the center for excellence in learning and teaching, which is the office on campus that like incur like says to like profs, here's how you should teach, or here's tools to help you teach all that kind of stuff. And, and I haven't actually said this part though, cause I was waiting for this episode is when we were trying to disseminate the report and use the report to build pressure because we were like, there's still another year of online learning coming up. We emailed the RSU, the VP education, all the, all the people that you would need to email, like the education commissioner or whatever on the RSU as well. No response. Not only were they not doing anything, they were actively unwilling to do things. And it's just so disappointing because I was basically saying, hey, this report that we did, we worked on for a year, unpaid, un, you know, basically on our own free time did this, we were handing it to them and saying, here, you can use all of my work for free, even though I should be in your position right now, because I did all this work and you have done nothing here, take it and do something with it. And so far we've seen nothing. I can't say for sure that they're not going to do anything. They've still got several months left in their term, obviously, but it was so disappointing to even be like, okay, it's not just that they don't want to do the work because it's hard. It's they're just not interested. Mm-hmm. And it's and having, really disappointing. <laughs> having having been on RSU, like from the inside, now I am utterly unsurprised. But uh, a couple of years ago, this would have come as a shock to me, you know, because before getting a, a seat on the RSU board, I had personally no idea how 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 little they were even trying to get anything done. Um, you know, it's only within the last few years really that I have learned as much as I have about how student unions are supposed to function. And a lot of that is was a response to being um, being thrown into this this position on a student union that, yeah, has, has, has been kind of actively trying to avoid doing anything. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's more stuff that I will bring up later in the podcast about why the RSU is the way that it is. But first, I think it would be helpful for people who might be listening and be thinking like, well, how is the RSU supposed to do anything about these issues? Alex, you were the candidate for VP education when we ran. So I presume you I know for a fact, because we wrote them out, how could the RSU, like for a student who might be listening and thinking, okay, but like, how is the RSU going to lower our tuition? Or how is the RSU, first, we have to acknowledge that, yes, some of these things might, and we acknowledge in our campaign that some of these things would not be like, oh, tomorrow this change happens. But I know that you know how to go about it. So like, 
what are some ways just to prove to people that like, no, there is an actionable way forward on these things. We're not just saying like, Aris, you should do this. And it's an impossible task. Like, Absolutely. I mean, the, the tuition thing I'll, I'll, I'll talk to first. Um, and I know this is what I've, I always say, if you've ever heard me talk about uh, lowering tuition before. Let me guess, we're going over to Quebec. We are going over to Quebec. Uh, we have a really great example, literally in the province next door, which uh, in comparison to Ontario, which has some of the, I believe the highest um, post-secondary tuition fees in, in Canada. Uh, Quebec is is among the lowest tuition fees in the country. And the reason for this, a lot of the reason, is that Quebec has a much stronger union culture and a much stronger protest culture generally. Um, and a, a lot of that comes from the like French history, which like many, many issues with that, but they do have good union culture. Um, and this extends to Quebecois student unions. So if anyone was following um, Canadian politics a number of years ago, I think this might've been like around 2010, somewhere within a, a few years of that, um, there were massive student strikes all across Quebec um, for, 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 it wasn't just walk out of class for an hour, go back. These were, they was full on strikes because the government was proposing to let universities raise tuition fees like a little bit. And the reaction to that was so immediate and so hard hitting. And the only reason students were able to uh, engage in that kind of massive collective action was because their student unions were set up for it. They were doing the groundwork, organizing among students to be ready for something like that. Um, they have had worked hard enough to have the trust of the students in calling for a strike. Um, and they did it. And the, the government immediately was like, oh, no, sorry, we, we, we screwed up. No, no tuition increases. Um, no, literally, and when you when you Google, because I was like, oh, I'll double check like what year it was. It was 2012. But when you Google just Quebec student strike, the first thing that comes up is the Canadian encyclopedia on it. Like it, it's not just like a small thing that happened. Like it was like it, the first line here says in 2012, Quebec and Canada experienced the longest student strike in their histories. It lasted several months. Like, like it was not just like, oh, some people complain, like student unions and obviously other unions were, I'm sure a huge part in getting it organized. Cause on that level, mm -hmm. that's just a huge level of like organizing, but they got it done. And it's all those things that Alex said, which unfortunately are missing is like, there's no trust of our student unions, like to that level, at least certainly not at most Ontario universities and certainly not at ours. There's less than zero trust. Anything like when, when, when the RSU says, here's what we're doing, students are like, we're going to do the opposite. Like it is not a place where people are going to follow the students union and that that really sucks and also there just isn't the the will to action you know on the level of an individual student while it is true universities depend on students without students universities don't exist especially in provinces where we're paying higher tuition if students stopped paying tuition the universities would lose out on millions of dollars of revenue um, which, which is why student strikes work and why universities are forced to negotiate with students, even if they don't want to. But 
as an individual, you not paying your tuition just means you get kicked out of school. The only way it works is if everyone does it together. And if there is that collective will to action. Yeah. And it's like you said, like it requires trust. And, and I, I think that really is the main reason why, because like, even if, you know, we had won our, you know, positions on the RSU, we, we knew we, that we, we could not we have couldn't called the strike have, the next day. No, no, maybe, maybe, maybe by the end of our term, we could have done like a Ryerson like specific action, but like being able to work up to something like where Ontario, the government is like answering to students kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, we're many years away from that. But like, the point is, we have to work towards it. Because if all we're looking for is a quick fix to something. So like, for example, tuition fees are high. So someone runs for your students union being like, we're going to give away free tuition next year to like five students kind of thing. Like that's not fixing anything. It's making it worse because it makes you think that the problem is being addressed, but it's, it's not like it's nothing's it, changing. It also, it, it atomizes the problem almost. It individualizes it. Um, and many of yeah, the Yeah. Cause then you're all fighting for those five free tuition spots. Like, yeah, many, many of the problems that students face, I would argue most of the substantial problems are on a systemic and an institutional level. And those can, like, as an individual, you can maybe find your own workarounds to some, or if you're lucky, all of the issues. But the, like, it will never stop the issues from existing. Um, so tuition is one of them. Something like class sizes, you know, is another. Uh, and that's something else that student unions can do they can they can agitate for class sizes to be lowered or for um you know academic penalties if you're like suspected of plagiarism or something to be to be fairer um for all of those procedures um mark appeals to be carried out in a fairer process all, all of these things you know the the issues that you are likely to run into as a student the university decides does not care yeah like they, <laughs> they decide the policy but it's not about what are your interests as a student it's about whatever the university's priorities are you know whether that is making money or churning out research or um focusing on a few people that it hopes will become rich enough alumni to, to keep it going in pleasing the donors the biggest one but um that's that that is why students initially unionized you know student unions were not something that universities dreamed up they were something that students fought for in response to unfair treatment from universities um and something that yeah, the fact that they exist still means that we can and like that rsu exists still and that the university has signed a collective agreement with it means that students can still turn it around and make it something that is that is more impactful than it has been for a long time exactly and i think um like there's so many ways that it's like yes the end goal of like reducing tuition by a big amount that's far away not going to pretend it's not five years ten years whatever but there are very clear things that we could be doing like right now like for example 
the VP education of the RSU, first of all, did you know that there's a VP education? Maybe not, depending on who you are, you probably, you might not know that. Um, but then the VP, so the VP education is supposed to do a couple things. They're supposed to be the like chair or head person who runs meetings with all of the students who have been elected to the Ryerson Senate. The Ryerson Senate being the main body that um, decides anything academic related for the university. So when a new program is going to be offered to like opening up the new medical school, all those other things, um, there's, I want to say like 12 student senators who are sitting on, obviously it's a large body because there's 12 students and they don't ever give students a huge amount of seats, which is another thing that the RSU could be fighting for. Like there are three student members on the board of governors that makes all financial decisions for the university out of 30 people, but students pay more than like 55% of tuition to the university. Why, why aren't we making up 55% of the board? RSU could be fighting for that. Um, but anyway, um, the student senators have not been organized by the VP education for several years. They just straight up have ignored them. They have not engaged with them. They just don't. And so it's like the people who are representing us at the university level, like to the president, like the president sits in these meetings, the VP academic of the university sits in these meetings, runs the meetings. And there is no one, even though it's the, in their job description, there's no one sitting down with those student senators once a month or even once a semester to be like, what are our goals this semester? Like, what are the issues that engineering students, that Ted Rogers students, that science students, whatever are facing? And how are we going to accomplish those at the Senate level? There's none of that. And that's just one thing. The, the VP education is also supposed to organize a committee uh, and run the student action committee, which is supposed to be something that meets every month, maybe not during the summer, but it's supposed to meet every month during the school year. And it's open for any student that is part of the RSU to attend. And so the kind of things that I think of and you know was planning to do if we had won, but just regardless of whether you supported our campaign or not, it's just things that the committee is supposed to be doing in terms of its job description <laughs> is like all of the VP academics of all the course unions, invite them to a meeting at the beginning of every semester, again, to talk about like, what are some issues that are going on in your faculty, in your programs, and what can the RSU do? Because some of the problems could be easily addressed like, oh, we can, you know, put $300 towards that and that'll, you know, help students in this program get better access to some supplies, for example. And, you know, all of those things that would make such differences to people in, pro in, the, in programs across the university from all of our programs. And that committee, when was the last time it met? Giving you a couple seconds to guess, over two years ago is the last time that committee met. And yet we're going through this pandemic where we had a massive shift to online learning. I will give the RSU some credit. I emailed them and it took about, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was 25 emails by the time that we were able to set up a meeting, but I did basically harass the VP education and be like, Hey, I want to talk about some of these things straight up. I was pretty much like, we made all of these plans because we wanted to win. And we know we had all these plans but these are plans that are not like, they're not partisan. Like they're not like opinions. It's just like making school more affordable. Who's against that? Like no one, right? So 
met with them to give plans and whatever. So give them credit. They met with me. It was over a month ago, though. I haven't seen anything come out of it. We've been in school now for a couple of weeks. I'm not seeing any of the things that we talked about um, coming out of the RSU. So it's it's just really disappointing that students don't have right now that place where we can go to get our academic problems solved and to change the issues that we're having with education. Like when a prof is mistreating their students or is, you know, just pulling some of that stuff that, you know, it happens every now and then, like, you know, putting things on uh, exams that weren't actually covered in class, whatever the RSU could be fighting for you. Or if you're not at our university, your students union could be fighting for you. And if they're not, here's where this is where it's like, okay, it's not happening. So what do we do about it? And what you've got to do is you've got to encourage everyone around you to pay attention because at the end of the day, people like we voted these people in and they're doing nothing. And when you people, vote, the people who do nothing, they thrive on ignorance and, and on a lack of attention. And well, so this gets into the the second part of the what's going on at RSU stuff. And uh, we're kind of going um, all over the place with it. But basically what happens is most of the people on the RSU are not bad people. I, I mean, I, would, I don't know them. Per, I don't know anyone really that well. So I'm going to say I can't say any of them are bad people. But if we're going to categorize bad people in the situation as the people who are going to do nothing, most of the people get involved and and they don't they don't know any of these things that we're even talking about. Like they're not told what the RSU should be doing. They are told that the RSU basically like, because so many years ago, six, five years ago, I was asked to run on, you know, they change their name every year, but the team that started off with like, uh, as transform gave us Ram Ganesh gave us like last year, Ali Youssef and the current team that's on there. Now they're, they've changed their names, but they've always been the same group of people. I was going to run with them for VP equity. And so I was part of the recruitment of like trying to recruit people and the things that we were told to tell them, which is why I eventually was like, I don't want to be on this team. This is awful. Was all you've got to do is show up to the meetings once a month and you get paid your honorarium. Like they are told that the RSU does very little so that when the RSU does nothing, they don't think anything is wrong. So the problem is those people, we need to make sure that the people who might run for the students union don't get caught in that lie of like the RSU is just here to like run one or two events throughout the year and then peace out, right? Because we're paying these people, not everyone, only the execs, $36,000 a year. And like they've done nothing. Like they campaigned on sending out menstrual products every month. They've done it once. They've been in office for six months. Like the, like by their own standards, they're not even doing anything. Like from their own promises. We're not even comparing it to what we promised. Because if you compare it to what we promised, they don't even exist. Like they, they don't even register on the map, right? Because, you know, we promised like by this point, we would have reformed the whole university basically. <laughs> um. So, but like, it's not even in comparison to us, like their own promises, they're falling short and their promises were so short anyway. And so it's like, at what point are people going to stop saying, like, stop saying yes, when they get asked to run with these people. And so I would say like, 
like if you if you're thinking of running for the RSU, make sure you're running with the right people. And then when it gets time to vote, make sure you vote. Like if your friends on the other team uh, on that team that you know is not going to do anything, you can still be friends with them and not vote for them. You can like, be friends with them and and talk to them about what RSU is supposed to do. You know, you can be friends with them if if you feel that they're going to do something substantial and they just ended up on the wrong team you can vote for them and encourage them to be a voice of dissent you know it's it's hard but or, yeah or that i mean that's that's what we are asking people to be on rsu to do and i mean board members don't get paid a salary the way that executives do but they do get paid an honorarium they are they are paid to at the very bare minimum show up to board meetings and advocate for the students they represent um mm -hmm. and so and, and the main problem is like like i was saying is that they don't know like i would say 90 percent of the people on rsu don't know that rsu should be doing more right like they think that by showing up to a meeting once a month the execs have done their job that is not so far from what is true <laughs> um and so it's just really disappointing so and and what we need is we need everyone to care because if only a couple students care, then they get away with it. Like and that's, it's... and that's at the end of the day, that's the problem. Like, yes, obviously the problem is that there's people who run, who want to steal money or who want to do corrupt things. Obviously that is a problem. However, that problem wouldn't exist if the bigger problem of just like general apathy towards what's going on at the students union until a million dollars gets stolen. If we weren't so unaware during the election or even in the lead up to the election we wouldn't end up with people running the students union that most of the school is embarrassed of it's 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 also it's a very deliberate thing uh the fact that it's the same group of people who are are taking these positions year after year after year and doing nothing with them um, well, and they I they mean, know you know they know exactly how much they they should be doing they know exactly how little students care at the moment because they have also worked to cultivate that disinterest um exactly. and yeah it's, it's not it's not like people show up to rsu like the executive team shows up to rsu and they don't know any better they are counting on students to not pay attention so that they can keep getting away with the same things they have been doing for years. And, and I mean, I'm also like, you know, I also don't want to come off like, obviously, we're just generally not happy with how RSU runs. So like most of this is us being negative about it. But like, also, like, there are a couple things that they ran on that I was like, Oh, those are actually good points. But they're not planning on doing them because it doesn't matter. They're just going to put it on their campaign platform again next year and not actually do it. So you know, when you even if like when the people you don't like win, there's probably some things you in, enjoyed from what they campaigned on. So at least keep up to date that during that year. And when they don't meet their own promises, be like, hello, like, what are you can't just not do this, like, but no one does that. And so people have learned that you can run for RSU, say pretty much whatever you want in the election cycle basically bribe people to vote for you and it's fine like it's yeah. and they get away with it and like one of the problems that we had after our election was we were like we can't make a big deal about 
you know, us losing because then it's just like, oh, of course you're upset that you lost. And, and like students did not make enough of a, a deal about it. So we were like, okay, like that's just how it's going to be. But like, obviously it's hard for me to say that I'm being unbiased, but that was not a fair election. And if students had like stood up and said, no, we're not going to accept that you just cheated in that election, they wouldn't have gotten away with it. But because everyone was kind of like, oh, that really sucks. And then after a day, we're like, well, that's how RSU is. RSU is that way because we keep saying, well, that's just how RSU is. Like, do you think I enjoy talking about it this much? No, but it's like, <laughs> it's the responsible thing to do. Like I pay 120 bucks, 130 bucks now because it goes up by a couple cents every year, you know, to the RSU. So like, I'm going to make sure that they're fighting for me. I'm going to make sure that they're doing their job. Like, and that's what everyone should be doing. Like the fact that they didn't run any orientation events, but they budgeted 150,000 for orientation. How is no one upset about where that money went? No one, or the fact that they hid $900,000 in the budget and it they still have not answered as to where that money is. No one cares. So they get away with it. Like that that's the problem. Like obviously the problem is that there's people who are hiding $900,000 or whatever, but but the reason they're able to do that and escape without consequences is because no one is paying attention and if people notice it, they look at it, they're like, "Oh, RSU sucks." Uh and they well, and they, they go to the next thing. Well, and it's like in four or five months when we found out, when we find out inevitably that some of that money was used for their own personal expenses, like, or whatever, like, or the fact that, and again, just whatever, remember how they laid off all of the full-time staff last year, but somehow this year they found the money to hire the former president to work for them. How is no one, like, no one's upset about them clearly giving money to their friend when they were saying oh we don't have the money to have staff they've still most of their full-time staff positions are still empty mm -hmm. and several have recently quit also which is you may have noticed their graphic design looks like i don't know who's designing it but their graphic designer quit right so like all of these things that they say like they're not even hiding their lies very well. Like it's, if you just pay vague attention, you're like, that's sketchy. That's wrong. That's corrupt. It's, it's not hard to see. It's just, it requires like a little bit of effort to care about. And, and that's the only way that we're going to change it. Otherwise the RSU, like, cause the thing that people don't realize is the RSU is never going away. Like it's every school has a student's union and always will. So you're, like the options aren't RSU goes away and RSU gets better. The options are you keep losing money or you pay attention and actually make sure that RSU gets better. Those are the two options. There is no third option where the RSU stops. It doesn't exist. And I mean, every every school has a students union for, for good reason, as we've already kind of mentioned. Um, universities broadly speaking like don't want a students union to exist that is active and um and that is an effective advocate for students interests they would rather have a students union that students resent that doesn't do much um so that the university in turn can kind of do whatever they want with no consequences but 
just thinking about the turn that that RSU has taken, uh, David, I think I think you mentioned that you'd be able to tell us a little bit more about how it got this way. So, um, I mean, RSU, like it's obviously I'm gonna like preface this by saying there's a million reasons why it is the way it is. Like as we've already said, like it's apathy and and you know all these different things and individual events that have happened along the way but the a large storyline i'll say in the reason for why the rsu is the way that it is is many years ago the former president of the university was fed up with the rsu holding them accountable um, and always making their life harder and also the rsu like the people who were running it um it was at the same time that the cfs was pretty corrupt and like was putting money in an offshore bank account or whatever and the people who were running rsu were like had ties to that at least again this is a long time ago i'm sure facts have gotten a bit skewed but basically just the university had reasons to not like the students union more than average you know at the time um because they were making a lot of noise and there was also some like scandal stuff whatever so the university stepped in and said, we're going to get students together and we're going to run these, encourage these students to run as a group. And that group was called Transform. And that was in 2014 or 2015. Um, and they won. They won the RSU because they were supported by the university. I don't have a screenshot or proof of this, but I do know from several people who have told me who were present at this party that the victory party for that team that ran for the RSU was paid for by the university. So lots of conflicts of interest. And that group ended up becoming, the, like that's the group, like Ram Ganesh was involved in that group at the time. He wasn't like a candidate. Um, he was pretty smart. He like was stayed in the shadows or whatever and helped like campaign manage and whatever. And that group eventually turned into the people who are still in charge of the RSU this day. And the long-term goal was the university thought that encouraging those students to run, they would turn the RSU into, first of all, they would get rid of the RSU scandals, LOL, like huge failure on that front, obviously. Um, but they also were like, oh, we can, like these people are going to take the RSU in a direction to be more like that student council that Alex was talking about. Like, we just run fun events, we throw pizza at students, we throw pancakes at students, and then we call it a day. That's how we got to where, that's the very short version. And so basically, when you are mad that the credit card scandal happened a couple of years ago, you have the university to thank for that. And so it's really, I think really fitting that the university's reputation took a huge hit from that because it was their fault. They did this. They meddled in the students union to try and get people that would be more favorable to the university administration. Because like a while back, there were like people who would like protest outside of the Senate meetings and the board of governors meetings. Like there was one point where the students union set up like a tent city outside of Jorgensen Hall and like camped there for days until the university like gave in to what they were asking for. And so, and certainly that those at that time, the students union had other problems. Like there were scandals and there was like, you know, a lot of the times they would hire their own friends for positions. So I'm not saying that there were no problems. However, 
the problems that we're now dealing with where the students union doesn't fight for us, doesn't really listen to students, all that kind of stuff. That is because the university wanted it that way. The university meddled and got more or less what they wanted. And this also, I mean, it's not it's not a new tactic. Um, no. If anyone has ever heard the the term union busting, that is, um, I mean, this is this is a great example, you know, of uh, an, an employer or in this case the university. Um, the people with the power. The people with the power, seeing that a union is a threat and working to destroy it, uh, whether that is from the outside or the inside. Um, and then, like the next phase of that plan you know comes with like the university starting to offer the same services as the students union but because the people who are running the students union don't really care about offering meaningful services anymore um the services that the university offers appear better so like it's not a coincidence that the tri-mentoring program now offers uh like a group that basically corresponds to each of the equity centers um the consent comes first office, you know, has like got like is getting bigger every year because they're like, look, we can care about like students when in reality, the like, like at the end of the day, like, yes, I, I also feel like I have to address like the people in the university, like, are not necessarily bad people. Like, there's people who get jobs doing like, you know, at Consent Comes First or at um, the TMP program or at the Career Center that are offering these services that, yes, they're stealing from the students union and taking legitimacy away from the students union. That was the goal. However, the people who are running them are probably not at all aware of even that that was a goal by anyone, because first of all, this plan has been in motion for like probably over a decade. Um, so the people who are around now aren't even necessarily the people who are around when these ideas got started all that to say yes there are good people in the university who are running these programs and they're like i'm doing this because i want to help students so i'm not saying that there's no benefit like and it is good that those programs are being run seeing as the students union doesn't offer them also, but my it's, message it's, oh yeah what i would just say to students is don't forget that even though the university is running you know a queer students like get together that group can't fight for you like that group is great for a social that group is great for like talking about your problems and working through small problems that you might be having like you know like someone said something mean to you in the hallway whatever i can't really think of a good example but if there was like an issue that lgbt students wanted to fight for the university can't fight itself like they would like you would bring it to that group and they'd be like okay well we'll bring it up to the administration but it's like an email gets sent there's no way to protest. There's no way to actually like fight for the things that we want that's when exactly, the university runs all these services. That's exactly the issue. Um, if a university is running services designed to help students who are experiencing problems at that university, there's an inherent conflict of interest. Um, you know, obviously it, it's, it's a good thing. It is better that the university like cares about consent and queer students and mentoring students, you know, all those things better that it cares about those things than if, if it didn't care about those things. But um, if, if, if a student does experience a, a major problem, as an institution, the university's first priority is to protect itself not Absolutely. to protect the students and not to reform anything um, in, in a way that would benefit students at any cost to the university. And that's something that's, to keep in mind. 
that is exactly that's the the important thing the university loves to support students until it becomes like oh this is going to cost us more to be able to offer the support like for example um security the campus security a nightmare of an organization um constantly being complained about constantly causing problems i can't even tell you the number of times that i've seen uh security yell at students uh once i called security um because of a, a student was um not like like content trigger warning uh, mental health struggles there was a student who is going through very serious problems and i was like i think that this might be getting like we might be like getting to a conversation about suicide here and i at this point it was before i was an ra and i was like i'm not prepared to handle that so i called security being like this is the only option and security came and like almost made fun of the student for having the anyway all to say that huge problems in security that need to be drastically changed basically the whole thing needs to be shut down and reimagined um in my opinion at least and the university just won't do that because that's first of all a pr mess so that's going to be a cost to the university the cost to you know pay people to restructure all that stuff it's so much easier to just put a pride flag on the security uniform and be like look security cares about gay people now okay right and so and you know i also look at like this the the never-ending fight that the the black liberation collective and uh, other like black student groups on campus have been fighting against university for years to no avail because most of the time the students union has not been there to support them so there's very little resources behind it and it's just black students being like forced to fight for themselves because there's the students union doesn't actually have their back um but like you know after five years of arguing and uh being like this is what we need to feel safer and be whatever on campus they finally get like a room in kerr hall or something and that's the big radical change that the university is willing to do without the students union or you know well-funded student groups let's say because it doesn't have to be the students union like obviously i think the black liberation collective can certainly fight for themselves but they shouldn't have to is basically what i'm saying um it's it's just like the students union is spending hundreds of thousands on like they literally this year they have i forget the exact amount i want to say it's $150,000 budgeted for a career fair a career fair do you know how much it costs me i have run probably 12 career fairs in my life and total i've never spent $150,000 i don't know who if they're inviting the queen of england like buckingham palace <laughs> is going to be at this career fair like i have no idea but it is just ridiculous and it but it's it's one of those things that like as a student you'd be like oh look they're spending so much money on like getting us a job so it's like it looks good but you really have to think about like what could that $150,000 have bought us like that could have bought students so many changes at the university by like for example putting money towards uh like workshop extra workshops for profs that the university doesn't want to pay for because they're not interested like just one example because i know we have to start wrapping up but um there's so many things that the money that gets used for concerts and just like these fun events that look good that could be going towards meaningful things that are maybe not as fun or maybe not as immediate like you know you don't suddenly win free tuition but <laughs> you might get a thousand dollar reduction in your tuition and that's 
like it also requires you to a little bit to think a bit bigger than yourself like oh i'm a third year why should i bother fighting for this should fight for it because it's what's going to make the like life better for everyone like it's what you may and if you have to think about it selfishly most people probably plan on having kids someday think that you're fighting for them you know so hopefully uh hopefully after all this you have a, a bit of a better idea of how a students union should be functioning what it should be trying to do if uh, if that was something that you yeah you didn't have the the, the bigger picture on um and also for I mean, for anyone at a, at a university with a, a negligent students union. Um, and I also you... want to just really quickly, like, give credit to, like, it's not like we were born with this knowledge or something. Like, this is largely from watching successful people organize other things. And that is usually, um, like, people doing, like like, real work on the ground. It's not like we're not pretending we're some experts. Like, everything that I've learned about this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I specifically have like, like I think of um, the people who ran for the RSU a couple of years ago. And if you were around for a while, you know, like the year that Suzanne was president, like that was a great team that was like fighting for students. So like the point is that there's really great people who want to do stuff, but you can't just like, we all have to be there to support them. So like when you see someone really great running, like, like you got to support them. You can't just be like, I liked their Instagram photos and I did enough. Like it, it really requires a movement. And also like often the movement is being led by like women, by people of color, by indigenous folks. Um, you know, like, I mean, even that just reminds me, I know we're wrapping up, but like, like nothing about climate change has been talked about. I, we were both just at a climate March. The RSU didn't even show up, didn't even advertise. It didn't share anything about it. Nothing. climate march specifically at queen's park also so yeah, in Toronto for the rsu to show up to that it's and it's just it's so disappointing that there aren't like that it it is very hard for people who want to do well to get elected into this it seems because like i mean full disclosure we thought we were going to win we read the election results and we were like what we lost by that much how and then we found out what was going on and it made sense but we just we need to like work together we need to all be like we are going to take the students union back and actually make it about students um, need to support the people who are on the ground, like the black liberation collective indigenous students rising reconciliation, uh, like W R E C K reconciliation like those accounts right now because there's only so much we can do in person like they have been fighting for students. When the students union has been completely absent so like there are people doing this stuff it's just not happening at the students union. And uh, it's really disappointing. Anyway, so I just wanted to add that in there because I wanted to make sure that we, you know, recognize that there are people doing the work. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really important thing to acknowledge. Um, and to to that, I just uh, as as we are wrapping up, wanna wanna quickly say, if if you want to get involved in a in a direct way, then on on X University campus or wherever you're at school find an active organization that is doing something that you think is important and ask them how you can help. Um, and that also gets you some of that experience so that in the future, when there's issues you care about, you are equipped with tools to, to do something about it. Um, well, and I think the groups like that are also the best equipped to potentially run a successful campaign 
certainly of yeah. people trying to get on their students union like I know a lot of campuses we don't but a lot of campuses have like OPERG groups or whatever like the Ontario public interest research groups that do a lot of like they're basically equity centers that are more independent and stuff starting off with those places and like you know you're going to meet people who are on the ground organizing great people who should be running our students unions right and then I find a lot of the times it's just that those the like you haven't found enough people to connect with and that was certainly the hardest part of our campaign was filling all of the positions in the campaign so like absolutely like find like depending on what demographic you're personally a part of like obviously there's cultural and like those kinds of groups but there's probably an eco-friendly like or, or some sort of green justice whatever climate change group on your campus get involved there that's an important issue for sure that I think probably everyone listening to this agrees that is needs to something happen about that <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Go, get involved in your like um like showing up for racial justice sometimes like groups like that have and it's meant for like allies who want to support you know the like racial justice calls and stuff um pay attention to what's going on on your campus um you know if, if there are issues that are important to you as i mean david's given some some really great examples of the, the kinds of groups that you can get involved with um to to address issues and yeah just don't don't i i would say my my biggest uh, thing that I would like people to take away from this is don't turn a blind eye like pay attention these are people who you are paying their salaries they are getting salaries um uh, and exactly. if they're not working for you that is something that you deserve to know so you at least have the decision of what you want to do about that um, so and the easiest yeah the easiest way for people to do that is like if you if you're listening to all of this and you're like, I don't have time to join a student group, I don't have time, the you absolutely do have time for this one thing that would solve most of the problem is when it comes like February, March, and it's voting time for your course unions, your student societies, your students union, what have you, re look at the list of candidates and research, like five to 10 minutes, it's all it's gonna take. They'll have an Instagram account that they're campaigning from, see what everyone's saying, and then check Reddit if your school has an active subreddit or check the comments or whatever. And, and you'll see newspapers. campus newspaper. Absolutely. Like if there are scandals, which every person who has been elected to the Ryerson Students Union and event and then had a scandal, they've had scandals before that were talked about in their election campaign. So it is very easy to avoid electing the wrong people, people who are not going to fight for you. And all it takes is five to 10 minutes. When you get that email saying it's time to vote for your student's union election, five to 10 minutes is all it takes. And you're going to literally save potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars that won't get stolen. It's, it's a great trade-off. It's a win-win-win situation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all for, uh, for tuning in. This has been another really fantastic episode of Caring Too Much with David and me, Alexandra. Hi. Um, it's, 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 as always, a delight. Really great to be able to um, yeah, maybe, maybe shed some light on some of these student union issues that people don't always um, have 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 as much of an idea about um yeah thank you thank you for listening